welcome to Back in Control Radio with Dr. David Hanscom. Hello and welcome to another episode of Back in Control Radio with Dr. David Hanscom. I'm your host, Tom Masters, and today our guest is Emerald Greenforest, returning to the program to continue her discussion about the process of personal change and transformation. Hi, David. I'd like to welcome Emerald Greenforest back to our podcast. We spent a half an hour talking about her basic, very energetic life. She's an entrepreneur. She's a real estate developer. And in 2016, she had a very significant family situation, which really caused her to change course. She, she's written multiple books. She is a very active, energetic person. She's also very inspiring with her energy. And we discussed the seven C's for creating conscious change. And we covered four of those in the first podcast, and we're going to finish with the last three. So, Emerald, welcome back to the show. Well, thank you so much for having me back, David. I really appreciate it. So I just want to read off the four, and the four steps we talked about was clarity or awareness. We discussed about being aware of your unawareness is the first step. And then courage about changing direction actually is anxiety producing. It does take courage to make a change. And hopefully you don't have to go through the crises that she went through. And also I have been through myself before you create that change. Coaching is a big deal. The biggest step in actually moving forward and becoming aware is actually being open to coaching. And if you're not open to coaching, you get, you just simply have to ask yourself why, because it makes life much, much more interesting. Then the last one we talked about was creation, which I think is essential about creating that vision about what you want. And Emerald, just some comments on the first four things we talked about in the first podcast. Any thoughts you'd like to share with the audience? Yeah, I think the first thing I want to share is, um, you know, awareness is healing. Dr. David, I agree with you a thousand percent. And oftentimes we are mired, so mired and so engaged and so enmeshed in whatever it is that is creating pain in our lives that there's not even any room for awareness. So oftentimes awareness comes as an epiphany. It comes as a, uh, a what I call divine intervention. So yes, it's important to cultivate the practices that will enhance your capacity to access awareness. And yet for me at least, the initial awareness of the fact that I was living a life that was not, um, not healthy, right? Not healthy. The initial awareness came many, many years ago, and it's been a process of building on that awareness again and again and again, over and over and over, and and maintaining that openness of of thinking and heart that says, I have no idea. I don't know anything. The only thing I know is that there's a whole lot I don't know. Well, it's also an incredibly freeing experience because the way the brain works, if you're judgmental, opinionated, angry, et cetera, you're just simply projecting your view of yourself onto the world. And eventually it becomes very tedious. And what people don't understand, which I did not until I was forced to wake up, is that when you're aware, everything's interesting. Everything's new. It's an incredibly different life, living your life in awareness. The next step that you talked about, we talked about clarity, courage, coaching, and creativity is checking in, assessing and adjusting to align with what you really want. Yeah. So in the first step, 
we have to know what we want. That's the clarity step. We have to know what we want. Then we have to find the heart to go after it. Then we have to find support from mentors. Then we have to take our leap and engage in the inspired action in the direction of what it is that we want. But what happens a lot of times is when we're coming from a space that we are dismantling in service to creating this new space, what we wanted from that space, by the time we get into motion, we sometimes need to, to take a moment and reflect and say, oh, is this really what I want? So let me use an example. Let's just say that you decide that you no longer want to work in real estate. I'll use myself. You, you get clear that working in real estate is not working for you anymore. Okay. And, and you have this epiphany or a vision that says it's time to go, right? I had that vision, like, and it wasn't so much of a vision of what I was going to create as it was a, a knowing of if I stay here another minute, I'm going to die, right? And so what ended up happening was I took the leap out. I took that inspired action out and I... I stepped into a, a new reality that I was creating, which at that time was, I said to my business partner, I'm going to be a crystal healer. And I didn't even know what that meant. <laughs> wow. Right? This was like back in how, 2003. How, how did your partner respond to that? He looked at me like I had three heads. He was, seriously, he was like, what are you talking about? I had never even had a crystal healing. I didn't know what it was. I, I had no connection whatsoever with alternative methods or mindfulness or any of that, except I had started a yoga practice a couple of years before. So what happens when you jump out is now you're literally in the experimental zone, right? You're in the zone of awe and wonder. You're in the zone of creation and you are at this point in the journey, the check-in point, right? When you are in this process of creating conscious change, you've got to be able to stop for a moment and look at what am I creating? Am I still creating old stuff that I need to you know, move out of again? Or am I creating something that I actually really want from this now newly evolved space, right? Because right. we're constantly, once we get this creation process going, we're constantly evolving. So the decisions and choices and inspired action that came to you when you were stuck in this pain space um, got you out of the pain space. But now the decision has to be to really check in with yourself and say, okay, I'm moving, I'm moving in this direction. Is it really what I want? So I'll, I'll give you another personal example. Back in um, 2018, I sold my house because I had just gotten to a point where everything had collapsed in 2016 and 17 and like everything was falling apart, right? Because right. I had chosen to uproot myself from the toxic soil of abuse. I had chosen right. and consciously made actions and made a creation to exit that. And so everything that was connected with that began to disintegrate. And so I ended up with three weeks to figure out where I was going. And I ended up in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. And within three months or four months of being in Pawtucket, Rhode Island, I was like, what the heck am I doing in Pawtucket, Rhode Island? This right. is not the place that I need to be. But I had to stop and say, okay, um, 
I, I got to put the brakes on for a minute here and say, is this, is this what I really want? Right. And, and then it became clear I needed to adjust. I needed to course correct. So right. it took another several months, but, and I was in Pawtucket for nine months, interestingly enough, it was like a little incubator, but it took a, a, another few months for me to uh, align and restore myself into New Hampshire again because it became clear that that was the direction that I needed to go and that I wasn't creating the life of my dreams in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. It was just like a way station. I'd like to make a comment here. <clears throat> One reason people don't make those changes that you made, and I heartily applaud you for this, is that you're with a familiar life, however dysfunctional it is, but it's familiar. And when you make changes like that, your anxiety goes up. And I'm guessing that is something you had to deal with. So one of the tools, again, the mental pain is actually a bigger problem than the physical pain. And you know my concepts that anxiety is simply a chemical reaction that is not psychological. It's a very deep, unpleasant reaction. But you have to train yourself to actually tolerate anxiety. It's never going to be pleasant. And you have to be able, and it's a learned skill. This is a, not a psychological issue, but you have to, to make change create anxiety. So I'm, I'm guessing that you had to actually navigate that a bit. Yeah. So I, what I really want to express here is not only did I have to uh, navigate anxiety, but I had to navigate my own pattern of trying to fix it right. again. Right. Fix what your life or the anxiety. Yeah, fix, fix, fix my well, life again. Right. right. So I had to, um, I had to actually surrender my desire to be fixing all the time. So what happened when I went to Rhode Island, and then I became clear, like, what the heck am I doing in Pawtucket, Rhode Island? When I re returned to New Hampshire, which in some cases could look like a regression. Right. But what. I did was I broke my pattern of my own self abuse. Okay. Right. So my self abuse is fine. Let me just throw myself out in another direction and I'll figure it out and I'll fix myself somehow over here. Right. By coming, returning to home ground, I was able to actually consciously create an environment within which I was able to actually recover. I didn't give myself the time and space to recover. Okay. I dismantled so much of my life and I expended so much energy in the dismantlement of my life that I now needed time to recover my energy and my capacity to focus and create consciously. And by putting myself, completely destabilizing myself, by putting myself in Rhode Island, um, that was that was abusive. That was self-abusive, right? But it was all right. I had in front of me at the time. And so coming, returning to New Hampshire allowed me to have enough of a uh, safe space around me, right? right? That I wasn't using my energy trying to figure out where's the grocery store? Where's the post office? You know, how am I going to get to the beach when I need to go uh, de decompress? Like I had to, all my whole life, I was trying to reconstruct, and I needed to take it a little bit less uh, drastically. Now, I'm impressed you course corrected because a lot of people keep reacting and keep doing the same thing, just the different format, so they don't necessarily recognize it's the same behavior pattern. 
what process allowed you to become that aware that you were, even though it seemed like you're in a different physical space mm-hmm. in the same behavioral pattern, that's a pretty big awareness. Mm-hmm. And so again, everybody's their blind spots and I have huge ones still, always will by definition. You can't see your own blind spots. So something happened that allowed you to see that, okay, I'm in Pawtucket. I think I'm making a new life for myself, but I'm still in the same behavioral pattern. That's a pretty big deal. In fact, that's the essence of healing is recognizing your deep behavioral patterns. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious what happened that allowed you to make that switch? I love that question. (laughs) So I moved to Pawtucket at the end of March. And in July, I gave myself a week in the National Forest in New Hampshire. Okay. And at a state park called Pawtuckaway. Interestingly enough, I went from Pawtucket, Rhode Island to Pawtuckaway Park in, um, in New Hampshire. And by day two of being in the park, tenting, it was the first time I had ever tented by myself. So that alone was like a big, like, oh, I'm going to go do this by myself. I'm going to set up my own tent. I'm going to have my own um, campsite. I'm going to just do this by myself. I set myself up in a... Um, I had a uh, hammock that strung from the trees. And so I was like, really, I gave myself something to celebrate. Like, damn, I got the tent up. Yay. Right? right. And then by day two, I'm in the hammock and I'm swinging in the hammock. I'm swinging in the hammock. I'm swinging in the hammock. And the trees are talking to me and nature is feeding me and nurturing me. And all of a sudden the epiphany came in, like this divine intervention that said, what the heck am I doing in Pawtucket, Rhode Island? Like, right. this is where I belong. I need to be in a place where I'm nurtured by nature. Right. Well, a couple of comments. First of all, my wife and I have done this somewhat unsuccessfully, but we're going to start again this weekend. Is that we're trying to give ourselves one day a week off of digital media. So creating space is what I hear you saying is really critical and we do it intermittently. It's wonderful to actually take yourself off digital media for a day. It's a big deal. But the second thing is, I just spent 10 days in Chile, Patagonia, on a fishing trip with my son and best friend. And I had not been in nature at that level for a long time. And is you cannot substitute for that. I mean, most people have a nice walk within a half an hour, even in a big city or Central Park in New York, whatever. But I think getting back into nature is really a critical part of the healing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's really, really key. It's actually connecting with nature and what really is, because when you have so much busyness around us, it's just hard to connect with the world and connect in connecting. But um, that's fantastic. So number six is choose, accept and allow yourself permission to reach your dreams. And I'll just make one quick comment that I found out that I have been successful, but there's a tremendous anxiety with success, which is interesting. Mm. Any comments on that? Yeah. So um, choosing means to me, um, giving again, giving yourself permission to reach your dreams. And one thing that I did in my evolutionary journey, so back in, um, after I left real estate and then I did crystal healing for a while, and then I opened my own art gallery and healing art center for two years. And then I hosted a street festival for two years in a row. And then I got into the internet space and started to uh, work uh, as a speaker, an internationally uh, recognized speaker all over the world. And when I stepped into that evolution of my life path, um, the vision at that point was to, by the time my son was 18, that I would have a completely mobile business and be able to serve people from anywhere in the world at any time, you know, just via the internet. And 
I actualized that within 17 months. Wow. But I didn't allow myself to own that I had already landed in the dream. Okay. So what this step is all about is recognizing when you've made the change, right? And, and giving yourself permission to actually fully embody it. So I kept this vision out, out here and I, I had already actually embodied it, but psychologically, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, I hadn't owned it. I hadn't accepted, oh, I've created this. And once you get something created that you intend to create, that you consciously choose to, to create, if you don't accept that you've created it, then it's always out there and and you close off the opportunity and the possibility for creating whatever is next. Right. So I stayed stuck in this place of thinking that I was um, still creating it. And so I got stuck in, in this like perpetual, another pattern of behavior of mine. Right. I was in perpetual creation Right. But never actually acknowledging, oh, I'm, I'm, I've completed this. I've, right. I've actualized this. And so there's, there was like this split within me. And so this step is really about saying, oh, you can actually have this. Like I had it, but I didn't have it, if that right. makes sense. Well, it's about behavior patterns. I went through what's called the Hoffman process, which is a seven-day workshop in Napa Valley. And I found out that there's a tremendous anxiety with success because a lot of us drive ourselves to the top, particularly I think physicians, but any high level professional is that what drives us is, is that we're not good enough, not good enough. And that voice doesn't turn off just because you get the success doesn't mean that you actually let that voice turn off. Then also when you have success, then you're not sure when the shoe's going to drop and something's going to fail. And I found out that I was working really hard to be successful and actually creating tremendous anxiety then I would self-sabotage, right? And so I like that step about choosing yourself and allow yourself permission to reach your dreams. And again, it's not as easy as it sounds. It sounds like, okay, of course I can give, give myself permission to re reach my dreams, but they're behavioral patterns that are very deep. And again, that's where the coach comes into place of going, okay, where's your blind spot? Why aren't you reaching your dreams? Why are you choosing to wallow in misery, whether it's mental pain, physical pain, or just circumstances? And so I think that's a wonderful step. The last one, which I love, and I, we do know that the essence of healing pain, physical or mental, is feeling safe. And when you feel safe, you're full of oxytocin, dopamine, serotonin, GABA drugs, and they're basically play chemicals. And celebration is a form of play. And we find out that, you know, chronic pain is a memorized set of circuits. You have to think in terms of, neuroscience and neuroplasticity as opposed to psychology because you want to move forward not move backwards but one of the major factors with celebration it changes the body's chemistry and so i have endless number of stories and myself included where just by taking an attitude of celebration and play and joy into every day by the way my new year's resolution this year is just simply to be nice i'm just gonna be nice i don't care who's coming at me whatever reason i'm going to be nice I'm also going to celebrate my life. And I love that last step of celebration. Um, obviously, you have some comments on that, which I'd love to hear. Yeah, so um, I actually need to make sure that I change this in my own, in my own um, psychology as well as on my magic card. 
when we celebrate, the work is about enjoying what manifests and, and what I had on my um, little note card that I sent to you was manifest from your hard work. Well, I am now in the process of changing that psychology that says that I have to work hard in order to create the life that I want. And instead, I want to underscore that this is really about enjoying what manifests from your commitment and devotion to creating change, which gotcha. is a different psychology than hard work. Right. So brief story, I had no idea that I didn't know how to celebrate. That was one of my blind spots. I didn't know how to actually celebrate. And it wasn't until I was in a mastermind group where I was on a team. It was the yellow team. I was on the yellow team and we were going through this whole team building thing where we had to do three or four or five different contests. And at the end of the first contest, team yellow won the, the first stage of the contest and everybody was jumping up and down on the beach and I'm jumping to, up and down on the beach and the next thing you know, I'm passed out on the ground. I literally left my body wow. in, the, in the middle of the celebration. Wow. And that was a huge epiphany for me was I don't know how to celebrate. And I'm not, I'm not even, not even do I not know how to celebrate, but I left. I like exited from the celebration. Right. My spirit, my soul, my uh, consciousness exited stage left and my body ended up on the ground. And, and I, I looked up and all the other people were jumping up and down and they were like, what's going on with her? Right. Right. So um, that was a huge epiphany for me. And, and my podcast, my Men on Purpose podcast has been such an amazing gift, not only to heal my um, relationship with the masculine, right? So the last two years that I've been um, doing the, the podcast, we're now in 86 countries and we just hit number 46 in Australia on the charts and we're number 78 in the US on the charts. The, the podcast has given me an opportunity to celebrate. So every time I put out a new episode, I, I can look and see, oh, we have new downloads from Liberia or Russia or uh, the United Arab Emirates. And I can celebrate that. And the other piece about celebration is celebration is really best in a community. So for me being in the podcasting community, that has been a space where not only can I celebrate my own successes with the podcast, but I can also celebrate my cohorts' successes, and we all love on one another, and that just amplifies all the oxytocin and all the good hormones, right. and, and celebration is key. And a lot of times when I'm interviewing my guys on Men on Purpose podcast, I'll ask about that question. I'll ask that question. I'll say, how do you celebrate? And unfortunately, so many uh, don't have a great answer about celebrating because they're also stuck in that idea of if I just keep working harder and harder and harder and harder and right. harder, I'll get to where I want to go. But if you don't give yourself the grace of celebrating even the small steps, then you literally run out of fuel and you burn out and, and, and the creation of whatever it is that you've created has no meaning for you anymore. It's, it's actually empty. It's That's really fantastic. empty. No, that's fantastic. Well, Emerald, I want to um, give you a few minutes to let people know how to get a hold of you. Uh, would you mind just reading off the seven C's just to review those for us? Yeah. So the first is clarity. You've got to know what you want. The second is courage. Find the heart to go after it. The third is coaching. Find support from mentors who've been where you are or are where you want to go. 
Create is number four. Take the leap and engage in inspired action. And this is action that comes from inspiration, not action just for action's sake. Check in is where you assess and adjust so that you align yourself to what you really want. And every time you create something, you have to give yourself the grace of, of uh, checking in to make sure it's what you really want. Uh, the sixth is choose, accept, and allow yourself permission to reach your dreams. And the seventh is celebrate. Enjoy what manifests from your commitment and devotion to creating conscious change. So. No, I think these are great steps. And it, I would encourage you to, um, let's know how to get to your website. By the way, all these materials are on her website. I would I strongly encourage you to visit that. What's your website, Emerald? Yeah, it's emeraldgreenforest.com forward slash gift, G-I-F-T. Uh, if you go to that page, you will get access to my instant clarity exercise because clarity is step one. And uh, from there, you can also find out how to book me to speak or hire me to be your mentor if it's a right fit for you. Well, Emerald, thank you very, very much. This is a wonderful interview. And I think the listeners will benefit dramatically greatly from this. So thank you very much. Thank you for having me. I'd like to thank our guest, Emerald Greenforest, for being on the show today and sharing her insights about the process of personal change and transformation for emotional and spiritual healing. I'm your host, Tom Masters, and I want to remind everybody to return next week for another episode of Back in Control Radio with Dr. David Hanscom. Until then, please visit the website at www.backincontrol.com. Thanks for listening today, and join us next week for Back in Control Radio. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.